0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti, back with you guys here after a big, big victory. Hey, it's it's nice to talk about wins again, isn't it? And it's two weeks in a row. I, I like doing this. It it makes the podcast a lot more fun, doesn't it? The, uh, to sit here and talk about wins, you know, going off through all those losses. It was rough, but now things are turning around a little bit. The Panthers have now won. Two in a row after that 0-2 start. They have pulled themselves out of the hole. They go into Houston and they beat the Texans 16 to 10. A big performance again by the defense, and that's that's what really want to boil ta- boil down to in this game. It was the defense that really won it for them. Remember eight sacks on Kyler Murray against the Cardinals. And they wind up with six sacks on Sunday against the Houston Texans, or sacking Deshaun Watson six times, including a pair of sacks from Mario Addison, who is now already up to five and a half sacks so far this season. He had a pair of sacks, then it was a sack each for Shaq Thompson and Bruce Irvin, and Vernon Butler also had a sack, and then Javian Elliott. And Brian Burns each contributed with half a sack, but a great performance all around. Um, the offense did their thing too. You know there were some times where the offense bugged a little bit, especially in that first drive. Kyle Allen losing the fumble. In fact, they he ended up losing three fumbles in the game. So, not the smoothest of, uh, not the smoothest of games for Kyle Allen and for this Panthers offense. But uh, for the most part, they did what they had to do. They controlled the ball. Uh, Christian McCaffrey continued to do his thing. They made throws when they needed to. They they just made plays when they needed to on both sides of the ball. But again, especially on the defensive side of the ball. um, Even had an interception. Actually, an interception of DeAndre Hopkins, which was a weird-looking play looking back on it. Because I just went back and watched the replay that was a weird play. Uh, you know, they tried to get cued a little bit with, you know, the reverse to Hopkins and then Hopkins throwing across field, but it just seemed like there wasn't a lot of mustard on that throw, and the Panthers just did not fall for it, and uh, James Bradbury was, or excuse me, uh, Ross Cockrell was right there to, to make the play, and, you know, obviously, you know, I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but there's just you know a lot to talk about, just kind of throwing things out there. But Ross Cockrell played well in in place of the injured Dante Jackson, and he was a bit of a surprise inactive. You know, we thought there was a bit of a, a chance that Dante Jackson was going to get in there. We thought um, he was trending in the right direction. But as it turned out, the injury was, uh, I guess, was too much at least for this week. We'll see how his status is for next week against the Jaguars. But overall, solid day. Solid day for the Panthers. You know, solid day for Kyle Allen. You know, nothing spectacular, but he was twenty-four of thirty-four for two hundred and thirty-two yards, but no touchdowns, but he didn't throw any interceptions. That's that's a positive. But again, he did lose three fumbles. So that's something he's got to work on a little bit. And we now know already that Kyle Allen will get the start again on Sunday against the Jaguars the Panthers made that announcement on Monday so not a surprise there again the Panthers just want to get Cam Newton as well as they as well as they can as well as he can before they they finally get out there in fact you know we saw he put out a, blo- a vlog as well kind of talking about the injury and how he you know how he suffered the injury in week 2 against the buccaneers so it's uh it's all about just getting him right and getting him back as at some point we expect him to to be back once he's fully healthy but of course there is news on the player that is injured and will not be back and we'll get to that in a moment but i want to run through the numbers real quick here for the panthers uh, it was another solid day, like I said, for Christian McCaffrey. 27 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. So a solid solid day for McCaffrey, including a hell of a catch. Um, the ball looked like, of course, it was just out of his reach. But he kind of bobbles it up a bit to himself and dives for it and ends up coming down with a catch. It was just an amazing catch. And uh, Houston would eventually challenge the rolling and lost the challenge, which ended up costing them some timeouts, and got to the point where the Panthers had a nice drive late in the game and were able to run down some clock, kick a field goal, go up by six, and the Texans didn't have a lot of time left, so the Panthers just... Had to hold serve one more time, and that's exactly what they did. But solid game from McCaffrey, 93 yards on 27 carries, at least a solid game running the ball. And then another big day in the passing game as well. Caught all 10 of his targets for 86 yards. In fact, I believe they said the stat was McCaffrey is now the first player ever to have 175 total yards. In three of his first four games, so hey, if you went out and got him in fantasy football, or if you were fortunate enough to get him in fantasy, congratulations! You know we expect that he would do big things, but he's even doing a little bit better than we even expected going in the, into the season. But uh, so ninety-three yards rushing, eighty-six yards receiving on ten catches for McCaffrey. Jairus Wright, five catches, 59 yards, uh, definitely the best performance of of his season so far. DJ Moore had three grabs for 44, Curtis Samuel, three for 32, Chris Hogan had one for six, and Greg Olson, two catches, five yards, and then Shaq Thompson leading the way on defense, 12 tackles, and, uh, and one sack and again 6 6 total sacks on Deshaun Watson. So that's now 14 sacks in the last 2 games. And I think 18 now for the year, but it really looks like this defense is starting to to pick up steam. But now as we saw, you know as the news broke on Tuesday, the Panthers will now have to Go at it on defense the rest of the way without their star leader. The Panthers announced on Tuesday that they have placed defensive tackle K1 Short, of course one of the team leaders on the defense. They have placed him on injured reserve. Short, of course, suffered a partially torn rotator cuff in that Week 2 loss against the Buccaneers. And had been trying to play, you know, was working hard the last couple of weeks, but ended up being inactive for the games against the Cardinals and the Texans. And the Panthers have just decided now to just shut it down, let him get surgery, and effectively end his season. Uh, Marty Herney came out and said, quote, KK has done everything he could possibly. KK has done everything he could possibly do to try and play these past two games. But we have made the decision that it is in the best long-term interest of KK and the team that he undergoes surgery to fix his shoulder and focus on his rehab and get ready for next season. And those last few words are very key. Get ready for next season. That tells us that he will not be an eligible or he he will not be eligible for return. I should say he should, he will not be a candidate for return. This injury will end K one short season. So he is done now until 2020 In a corresponding move. The Panthers have brought back Brian Cox, Jr. Signing him from the practice squad. And, This will be the first set of games, or first big set of games, that K1 Shore has missed in his career. Uh, He did not miss a single game in his first five seasons in the league, and had only missed two games last year. Now, of course, he's going to end up just playing in two total games this year after suffering the injury in Week 2 and missing the last... The last two games. Uh, So a tough loss for the Panthers. Uh, This was, of course, the first time, too, that, uh, that Short was voted a team captain. And he had posted four tackles in those two games that he played in 2019. So a tough loss. The Panthers now will have to go at it without their leader. That obviously means a lot more playing time. For Vernon Butler, who did step up in a big way in week four against the Texans. Again, he had that sack of Deshaun Watson. So he's starting to play better, starting to continue to show he's a strong developmental piece. But we'll see what his future lies. Uh, but short, you know, it's unfortunate the way things ended. We know, Again, we know he was really trying hard to work his way back into the lineup after suffering that injury, uh, he had because we know he had actually been questionable the last couple games. He was never actually ruled out uh, of these games. He was he was ruled questionable, and remember at least last week against the Texans, it was only Cam Newton and Trey Turner that were ruled out on Friday. In the final injury report, K1 Short was listed as questionable. It wasn't until Sunday that we found out that he was actually ruled inactive for the game. But now, he is done for the season. There will be no questions. Uh, There will be no more questionable tags. There will be no more active-inactive decisions for K1 Short. His 2019 season is over. And again, in corresponding move, Brian Cox Jr. was signed from the practice squad. One other thing I want to touch on, too. We know there were questions about, uh, speaking of Trey Turner, there were questions about the offensive line going into Sunday and how the lineup was going to be. Well, as it turns out, it was uh, Greg Little at left tackle and dare Williams at right guard, which... Was probably the more expected result anyway. You really weren't gonna roll with any. Really can't see any other combination there would have been anyway. And I thought it worked out good. You know, obviously there was some pressure on Kyle Allen. Even Taylor Moten got beat once on one of the fumbles from Allen, but also Taylor Moten was up against J.J. Watt, and just about every offensive lineman has trouble with J.J. Watt. Let's let's face it. He is one of the best. In the business, but overall, I thought the offensive line did okay. I I thought uh, Dare Williams looked a lot better inside and on the right side versus being out on the blind side. I thought Greg Little looked okay, so it definitely seemed like the offensive line, you know, played better with with this new combo. Now, obviously, when he's healthy, Trey Turner will slide back in there. And that'll bring up the question again: What do you do at left tackle? Do you just stick with Greg Williams? Do you continue with the rotation that we saw against the Cardinals? You know, lots of stuff to figure out here with the offensive line. But at least now you feel a little bit more confident. You know, you felt a little, a little bit better about where some of these guys stand coming out of the Texans game, because remember, this was a good front that they faced with the Texans, and, you know, it certainly doesn't get any easier, you know, you're obviously facing another good front line, and another good front seven, Sunday, when you face the Jaguars, you know, obviously, Calais Campbell is still a strong guy, Um, they've got a couple good edge guys there, a lot of good... A lot of good guys up front, so it's going to be another tough test, I think, uh, for this offensive line when they play the Jaguars. But overall, I thought the offensive line did okay on Sunday, and that was another key reason why they were able to kind of control the game. You know, control the ball for the most part, save for those uh, those three fumbles. And really, other than that one fumble, you know, the Texans are the Texans offense didn't really muster much. You know, they had that one touchdown, but they only had about 20 yards to go anyway. Cause that was the fumble. That was the JJ Watt fumble that they recovered and that set them up just right, so- right outside of the, the red zone. So they were already starting on a short field. But other than that, Panthers did a solid job of kind of slowing down this Texans offense. Now, the, you know, it hurt the Texans a little bit, too, that Kenny Stills missed the entire second half. You know, early in the game, he caught that pass, and he immediately started gimping a little bit as he was getting over to the sideline, so you could tell something was wrong, and he ended up missing the rest of the game. So obviously that was a bit of a loss for the Texans' offense, but the Panthers still did a nice job of kind of keeping them quiet, you know, you only hold them to ten points. That's that's a pretty pretty solid job with you know the amount of talent that the Texans have. So this was a big win. There's no doubt about it. There, this is a big statement win for the Carolina Panthers to get back to two and two, winning you know winning two in a row. Because let's face it, we were starting to wonder, and I even wrote a little bit over at Pro Football Network. Wondering, is the season already lost at 0 two, and, and I said, "Well, it's not lost yet, but it better turn around fast. Well, I think the Panthers have turned it around fast to win two straight, and you know they could very well make it three straight get get to three and two, and then you have that big rematch with the buccaneers, and Boy, did they look good on Sunday? We'll touch on that in a moment. And we'll touch on kind of the rest of the n f c South where things stand and then run through of the rest of the NFL, but before we do that, of course, a couple shout-outs I want to give to some of our buddies, including our friends, over at DoorDash. Listen, if you're
1: looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Every, we all get hungry, and sometimes we just don't have time. Well, you could treat yourself to the meal that you deserve, and have your favorite restaurants come to you with Doordash. And hey, I was at Wendy's yesterday, and I saw right on the door Doordash. I'm thinking, oh, hey, you know, I I, I know them. <laughs> uh, so, and actually, you could save a little bit of money—five dollars off your first order, fifteen dollars or more right now with your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code LockedON. So that's DoorDash. Uh, promo code locked on five dollars gets you or five dollars off your order of fifteen dollars or more on your first order.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: And our old buddies over at MyBookie. Listen, it's four weeks in. Have you won some money yet? Well, if you haven't yet or you haven't started yet, go check out MyBookie because MyBookie is the place to be. You know, we all have a hard week. We're all ready to sit down and watch some football, whether it's on TV or, in my case yesterday, live. I was actually at the Steelers game yesterday. Uh, it's exciting to see game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Well, except for the Steelers game because that was that ended up being a blowout because the Bengals aren't that good. <laughs> uh, running backs racing down the sidelines, which we see a little bit with Christian McCaffrey. There's nothing like action in the NFL, and there's nothing better than betting on the games to make them more exciting because who doesn't want to win money, right? So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because they give you more ways to win than any other sports book. Faster payouts, better lines, they have it all. Because remember, where you're betting on is just as important as who who you're betting on. And we tell you, my bookie is the best in the business, so you got to go with them. So do the smart thing this season. If you're going to bet this year, go with my bookie. And remember, they don't just have football, they have everything. And now that we're in the month of October, everything's going on. Baseball playoffs start today. Hockey season starts tomorrow, actually. Basketball season starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, You still have college football. College basketball starts in about a month. It's all happening, and my bookie is where you can win money on all that. And remember, they have parlays too, which means you could bet a little, bet on a bunch of games in one ticket, and win a boatload of money. I mean, look at that guy that nearly turned 89 cents. Into almost half a million dollars, and he came one game away from doing so because he picked the Redskins over the Bears on Monday Night Football. No matter what you do, my Bookie will also give you the chance to double your first deposit. Well, my Bookie and us here are locked on because when you use the promo code locked on when creating your account, my bookie will double your first deposit. So you're betting with free money, and who doesn't love that? So go to mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's run through some of the NFL action from week four, including, of course, the rest of the NFC South. We'll start with the Falcons, who just look like an absolute mess right now. Uh, Save for... The Eagles in week two and let's face it the Eagles could have won that game if, uh, if Nelson Aguilar didn't drop that pass really if it wasn't because of that the Falcons could very well be sitting at 0-4 right now they are just absolutely struggling um, and I'm, I'm looking at Matt Ryan's numbers and I saw someone mention about a two on Twitter it's a weird stat line it's a lot of yards he threw for 397 yards but he didn't throw a touchdown. The only touchdown the Falcons scored was a rushing touchdown by a one-yard, a one-yard rushing touchdown by Edo Smith. So you don't see that too often. Nearly 400 yards, but no touchdowns. But that's what Matt Ryan did as the Falcon, and they really didn't run the ball well either. Devontae Freeman only had 28 yards on 12 carries. Matt Ryan was actually the 2nd leading rusher at 18 yards on two carries. Edo Smith had the 11 yards on two carries. And then Julio Jones had a rushing touchdown. Uh, But receiving-wise, they had some good days. Uh, Austin Hooper, 130 yards on nine catches. But Mohamed Sanu, 91 yards on nine catches. 72 yards on eight catches for Devontae Freeman. But it all went for naught because they only had that one touchdown in the field goal. And they couldn't stop Tennessee as Marcus Mariota throws three touchdown passes on 18-27 to 27 for 227 yards. And it was another 100-yard day for Derrick Henry. And big days for the two young guns there on, on the Titans receiving core, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. 94 yards, two touchdowns for A.J. Brown. 91 yards and a touchdown for Corey Davis. Titans win 24-10. And interestingly enough, if, if you looked at the AFC South standings, every team now, all four of them, are 2-2. Two and two. I, ju- I just find that really intriguing. Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, all 2-2 two and two right now. But the Falcons now sitting in the cellar of the NFC South at 1-3. And, and the big reason why they're in the cellar now by themselves is because of the Big surprise of week four, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Los Angeles, facing the Rams, and putting up 55 points. Wow. Just amazing how it happened. The Buccaneers' offense just absolutely exploded, including Chris Godwin, who had... 172 yards and two touchdowns on 12 catches. So if you have him in any of your fantasy leagues, like I do, you were very happy on Sunday. But yeah, 385 yards, four touchdowns and a pick for Jameis Winston. You don't see too often kind of a quiet 500-yard performance. And I didn't realize till I saw the numbers Jared Goff threw the ball 68 times in this game. He was 45 of 68 for 517 yards. Only threw for two touchdowns, though, because they did have two rushing touchdowns as well from Todd Gurley. But Goff threw three interceptions, and then and Sue, the former Ram, had the strip sack of Jared Goff, And returned it for a touchdown to seal the deal. Buccaneers 55, Rams 40. Just an unbelievable performance and an unbelievable result. And that also got the Bucs to 2-2. So like I said, that's why the the Falcons are now by themselves at the bottom of the NFC South at 1-3. And then Sunday Night Football saw the Saints Continue their run with Teddy Bridgewater. Again, Teddy Bridgewater not doing a whole lot, but you really don't need to with uh with what they have on this team. He was 23 of 30 for only a buck ninety-three and threw an interception. Uh not much run of the ball either. 69 yards on 17 carries for Alvin Kamara, and then Michael Thomas, really the only one that did much of anything in the passing game, 95 yards on nine catches, it was as it was all field goals for the Saints. But it was enough, because the Saints defense did enough to hold the Cowboys. As Dak Dak Prescott goes 22 of 33, 223 yards and interception. The only touchdown they scored, the only touchdown of the game, was by Zeke Elliott. But the Saints defense did enough. 12-10 was the final as the Saints stay in first place in the south at 3 and 1 drop and the Cowboys drop now to 3 and 1 and who would have thought that through 3 through 4 weeks of the NFL season that there would be just one team left in the or one undefeated team left in the NFC and it wasn't the Rams it wasn't the Saints not the Eagles or the Packers or any of those teams but the San Francisco 49ers at 3 and 0 are the only undefeated team left in the NFC. And we'll see them on Monday night this week when they play the Browns. And who would have thought that that game would be pitting two first-place teams against each other? But that's exactly what we have. Uh, And then just running through the rest of the scores, of course, Philly beat Green Bay on Thursday night, 34-27. The aforementioned Browns. Put up 40 on the Ravens in Baltimore, beat them 40 to 25. New England beat Buffalo 16 to 10 to move to 4-0. The Chiefs also moved to 4-0, and what was the, what was the game of the week? I think when they scored with 20 seconds left to beat the previously undefeated Lions, 34-30. Raiders go into Indianapolis and beat the Colts. 31-24, that's a surprising result. Chargers over the Dolphins, 30-10, but hey, the Dolphins had a lead for a little bit. They landed this game for about four minutes, and then they lost it and then went back to being the Dolphins. Bears over the Vikings, 16-10. Boy, that ugly performance in Week 1 feels so long ago for the Bears. They've now won three straights since then. Jags over the Broncos on another... Game-winning field goal loss for the Broncos. That's twice already in four games. 26-24 the final. The Broncos are now 0-4. And then on Monday Night Football, the game that I was actually in attendance for, the Steelers beat down on the Bengals 27-3. The Steelers get their first win of the season. The Bengals also are now 0-4 as that offense just looks... Absolutely disgusting right now. Zach Taylor has a lot of work on his hands right now. At some point, just, you know, let's face it. They're going to have a new quarterback. You got to move on from Andy Dalton at this point. Not not having A.J. Green is killing him too. But this offense just looks really bad. Week 5. As we turn the tables now, again, we know the Panthers Home against the Jaguars this week. The Falcons are in Houston to take on the Texans. And then the Saints and the Buccaneers square off with each other in New Orleans. And we know what happened last year when the teams met in New Orleans in week one. That was another big offensive output for the Bucs when they put up 48 on the Saints. The rest of the schedule, Rams and Seahawks kicked the week off on Thursday night. Then you have the Jets taking on the Eagles, the Bengals against the Cardinals, so hey, somebody somebody's gonna get a win there. It's the 0-4 Bengals against the 0-3-1 Cardinals. So one of the two rookie head coaches or one of these rookie head coaches is finally gonna get his first win in the NFL. Uh, the Vikings are taking on the Giants, the Bears against the Raiders in London. Just kick off the London series. So, of course, Khalil Mack against his former team. The Ravens against the Steelers. The Bills against the Titans. Patriots taking on the Redskins. Broncos against the Chargers. The Packers against the Cowboys at 425 on Fox. Sunday night game is a playoff rematch from last year as the Colts take on the Chiefs. And then Monday night, like I said, it's the Browns against the 49ers. Two teams on a buy this week. That's the Dolphins and the Lions. That's the week five schedule. And that will wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Appreciate you guys sticking with me. Appreciate the support. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are there. Keep it locked here on LOP, and until next time, take care, my friends. We will see you soon.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.